Great morning, everybody. Great morning. CC, what's up, man? I think we need a we had a little glitch there. I think we need another great morning. <laughs> can you can you do it again the exact same? Okay, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. All right. Am I racing this or am I just going? No, we're going. Oh, we going. Okay. Yeah. Great morning, everybody. Great morning. That was much better. Anyways, appreciate it. Your tone. We've been working on Coop's tone. Um, (laughs) Sounded good. It sounded real good, man. How's your week been, man? Um, I'm in a mastermind men's group, and I'm up. I'm, I'm gonna like just dump on them and unload a lot of stress, Hmm. but uh, all in a good way. All the type of stress, like, well, it's either I grow or. I have a pity party, right? So I'm doing really well. Lots going on. Lots of chances to, to live and learn. And but but generally life's good, man. How are you? How are you, Coop? I'm good. I'm good. Before we uh talk about me, so it sounds like you're volunteering uh yourself to go first then this Tuesday. I mean, Cooper, you are always the one to kind of reach and assume. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, man. Whatever you need, whatever I need, whatever whatever pumps you up. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Sounds good. Uh, me, I'm I'm good, man. Um, man, we finally signed those documents to get Mahana fresh off the ground. Uh, that was great. Uh, I'm I, I got my hand in a couple of things, man. Like you said, man, the. The stress is definitely there. Uh, the comfort zone is non-existent for the rest of the year, I feel like. Uh, which is good. Which is good. I mean, it's hey, it's good. Like so, the, uh, the body wants it, but it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. Man, don't don't make me go into some David David Goggins quotes, man. Don't uh, don't make me do we it. We talk about him every week. We talk <laughs> We just need to start sending him DMs. We should. Point. We should. We should. Hey, bro, uh, love you. Can you get on our pocket? Like, honestly, I, t- I don't. I don't think we're ready. I, yeah, I was just gonna say, I don't think I'm actually ready to talk to DG. I don't think we're ready. Nope, nope. Uh, but other than that, man, it's great. Uh, yeah, man, this is like the last weekend, um, or this last weekend, uh, literally my last weekend. I'm gonna have some chill time. Um, it's good. Just get refreshed. Uh, and reload. Let's go. <laughs> yep. Oh, uh, man. Um, all right. Uh, you got anything else before we get into? No, man. Let's let's get into the episode. Um, hopefully, hopefully everyone's having a good morning. Um, yep. today's episode, Cooper and I are reviewing another book that we um made each other read. Uh. Reading is important. Self-development is important. I mean, I'm just kind of going off on a tangent here, but a big part of this podcast is, you know, making sure that we're pushing each other to grow. And one way of doing that is reading books. And this book club, um, you know, it motivates me to keep reading because life gets busy, right? And if I didn't have this book club, uh, you know, I, I'd be behind on stuff. So that's so, where I'm at, Coop. So the average CEO 
reads 60 books. Man, really? Yep. And he goes to, or he or she, yep, on average goes to goes to about six uh, conferences or like personal growth conferences. I don't even want to say what the average American reads um, on a yearly basis. Well, I think it was uh, after when you finish school. I don't think the average American does read. Mm. Like. After college, the average American doesn't finish a book. Mm. Well, you you, know? you said it, bro. I was trying to save face. You said it. Uh, um, so just by following along with this book club and, like, reading our books, I mean, that puts yourself 12 times ahead mm-hmm. of yeah, it's true. the average person. So just saying. Anyways, our book this month, uh, Never Split the Difference. Um, man, this was such a great read, dude. Um, and, and like a lot of these books, like, you know, it was a book on, uh, negotiations, um, how you can take negotiating. Um, the, the main character was just explaining when he worked in the FBI, um, how the same tools and tactics that he used can be applied to business and real world world scenarios, like real life day-to-day scenarios. Um, and it's, it's cool because a lot of the books we've read that have to do with like negotiating, negotiating or like sales. Um, I love how they shift your mindset into thinking that negotiating is like, you can't apply it to your daily life, right? Or like sales, you can't apply it to your daily life. Um, and I think in one of the chapters, um, or actually the first chapter, um, one of his quotes was, or not quotes, but one of the things he said is life is a negotiation. Um, you know, whether if it's, you're trying to get a raise or you're trying to negotiate, um, some deal at work, uh, or negotiate with your daughter on what time she needs to be going to bed. It's your life is a big negotiation. And so I loved how, as we got in the chapters, he gave scenarios from the FBI. And then he gave um, examples of his clients in day to day uh, situations and how his tactics used. So I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I don't really have anything to add. All the, all the, um, the examples he gave throughout the book were great. My my big overview, just to piggyback, is like you cut like I feel like this is a book you should probably listen to once a year, because yes, we are constantly negotiating. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, that that's the only thing I would add. Yep. Yep. Um. So yeah, I mean that was basically chapter one right there. One of the things he also said in chapter one, and like it was kind of a theme through the whole book was removing emotion um emotions and reactions to negotiations that we need to um remove emotions uh so i thought that was powerful i mean it's like so crazy how i think it was some statistic he said in here that most of our responses are like emotion driven 
-hmm. He was saying that if you can remove that or figure a way to remove emotion out of your decision making, I mean, it'll make negotiate. I mean, it'd still be hard, but it'll make negotiating a lot more easier for you to understand. Um, and he said it. It's hard. It's hard as humans. It's hard because we're so emotionally charged, right? Um, but he, I mean, he gave examples of people where they were cool, calm, and collective, and then where he gave other examples where a situation went sideways because someone lost their cool and started to get in their feelings or in their emotions. So, um, yeah. Um, and then before we move on, Caleb, or before you speak, um, chapter one was talking about having open-ended questions as one of the, uh, one of the negotiating tactics, open-ended questions. Yeah. Chapter one, um, open-ended and active listening. This is something that I think I'm terrible at. If you've listened to our podcast, you know, I'm terrible at it. (laughs) Um, I'm just kidding. But like negotiating, um, most people, when they're in a conversation, especially negotiations, are just waiting for the soonest opportunity for them to speak up. And I, I catch myself doing this every day, talking to my wife, talking to clients, talking to other real estate agents. Um, you just have to practice it and you have to constantly do your self-development. And yes, open-ended questions and also listening listening and active listening, listening longer. I mean, I, I could keep going. What do you have, Coop? Oh, I'm, I'm good. I, I know we, we don't, you know, we don't want to get, you know, too into the weeds, but I, that's all I have for chapter one. Um, so chapter two, uh, be the mirror. Uh, so basically, this was another tactic in where you basically re-ask their question um for it was like you react to a question so then they would expound further and give you more details like like coop what do you mean you don't want to get into the weeds right like you would expound on that yep exactly yep and maybe give a little more information yep exactly and then um he goes on and just talks about you know again just things um to help with negotiating right so he talks about that you need to question your own bias on a situation because we all go into every situation with some bias or some stereotype or or something right so he just talked about always questioning that and the best negotiators are always doing that so they don't come into a situation with preconceived ideas of the person or of the situation um, he says that the best negotiators are people who are curious in finding, um, and they don't make assumptions. Um, so yeah. And he talks about the voice, like having the yep. <laughs> late they're, they're, night DJ voice. Late night. Coop, you are so good at doing this podcast. Could you tell me more? About the late night DJ voice. 
<laughs> oh man, I love that we both picked up on that. <laughs> but yeah. So yeah, and then um so that I mean, you got anything you want to add to that? Um well the three things, the late night DJ voice, um your normal voice should just be, Hey, like how's it going today? You know, you're you know, you're just positive, playful, normal, upbeat voice, and then like don't be afraid you use it sparingly, but don't be afraid to be like, Cooper, I want you to talk about the next chapter. You know, be direct when needed. But oftentimes you're gonna be playing in that late night FM. You know, four percent is a really good rate. I was hoping for three point seven five. DJ voice. <laughs> and, and mirroring, too. He always is going back to mirroring. Yeah. Mi- mirroring. So you're saying that 4% is the lowest you normally go. And then silence. Right? Yeah. This, this is a really good book. Whether it's, you're buying a car, trying to get your kid to go to bed, like you said. Yep. Yep. Chapter 3. Uh, don't feel their pain label it um so, and uh, one of the things he said uh started right out the gate was um don't get emotions high because logic goes out the door um he talks about labeling thoughts and how people are feeling right and he had a term in here he called it tactical Empathy. Empathy. Um, understanding the feelings of others and the reasons behind them, but still not like getting into your feelings, right? Just kind of understanding um, their reasoning behind the doing things, but not necessarily agreeing with them, basically, is what that was. Um, he said that tactical empathy is like emotional intelligence on steroids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, empathy is huge if you've ever been in sales. Like, oh yeah, yeah. I yep. used to, I used to mirror. Oh, man, it's such a good book. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've been, I low key have been using this awesome. And they don't, I'm not gonna say who, but I've been like kind of like testing it out. And man, just the mirroring part. And the, the well, the <sighs> it's so simple, but it's, it is. <laughs> it really works. Yeah, it it is. It is. Um and then he talks about um addressing the negative and neutralizing it right away. So like if something happened or something happened with a situation, attacking it right away, making a joke or labeling it. Label it. Yeah. And um he talks about replace negative with labels and positive solutions. Mm. Gotcha. So like a label would be um, like Caleb, you must really not want to talk to me today because we're doing this podcast so late, so early in the morning. <laughs> um, so, so that that would be an example of a label. I didn't label it correctly, but I got Caleb to talk, and I think that's like kind of the whole part of the, like part of the negotiation is you know when these guys were going in to get negotiate with hostage takers, part of the game was just to keep them talking, Mm -hmm. like to keep them talking, you know, and and just have 
information, you know, try and get information out them, relax them. Um, the big thing was um, to keep them talking. So it, it seems like, or, or it sounds like, or it looks like, those are good phrases to use when when labeling, right? When you're trying yep. to trying to show a person that you're relating, labeling or relating with them, like that. That was my takeaway, right? Yep. Tactical empathy, like you were saying. Yep. Love it, love it, love it. Uh, chapter four, beware of yes, master, no. Um, Man, I just, I love like chapters like these because it just like challenges status quo, right? Um, He talks about no. And he said, no's are the gateways to yes. Negotiating starts with no. So I'm here like, oh, so when I hear no, that's actually when the negotiation starts, mm-hmm. right? You think about in, in life today, right? Like who's going to like push the envelope when you hear no, unless you're like really trying to, if you're really trying to sell something. I mean, it's really not like common. It's not common. Like if you're no, like, okay, well, he said no, we'll try a different angle. It's like, well, no is actually when negotiating starts, that's when the dance starts. He was talking about how no can make people feel comfortable, like they're in yep. control in of the control. negotiations. This made me think of, um, I can't remember who it is, but there's a cold caller I know who, this is real estate related, but he says, hey, you know, my name's Caleb. I'm, call- I'm just calling, you know, um, about such and such property address. I probably caught you at a bad time, right? And Label. a lot of people are going to say, yeah, you did buy. But there's going <laughs> to be some people who say, I mean, no, I, I, I got a minute. And then he'll say, well, I'm calling about this such and such property. You're not the owner, I, I, I bet, probably, right? And they'll say, well, no, I actually am the owner. And then he'll say, well, the reason I'm calling is, you know, the market's insane. I have a buyer looking in your area, but there's like no way you'd ever sell your property, right? Well, not ne- no, I mean not necessarily, right? And and I knew like that was his that was his his move, but then reading this book, I realized like, man, he got them to say no like five or six times, potentially with a script. Yep. But he's still on the phone with them because they're like, I'm in total control subconsciously. Dog, you just so whoever your cold caller is, is because we didn't talk about this. I think this is probably later in the book, but he talks about to get to know. Sometimes you have to purposely label something wrong. Mm, mm, Right. Yes. Yes. Like, Like you said, right? Like, oh, you wouldn't sell your property or you're not the owner right mm. all, all those are purposely done to get the to get a no or for the the seller to feel comfortable or to feel they're in control they're in control man yep and so I was, people want to be in control powerful 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 um and he also said about the yes the yes can be counterfeit don't say it too. If they say it quick, if they say it quick, it's just not happening. They're just, just trying to be done with you. Yep. 
Um, and another thing he said is hear no as a positive instead of negative. Mm-hmm. This is a good segue into the next chapter. Um, yep. Don't go for yes. Go for that's right. That's right. Yep. Uh, he talks about um, a, a guy who was trying to get political donations, and that was fascinating to me. Oh, when they talk about the script? Yeah. You want to talk about that? Well, I mean, just getting people to say, sub, I mean, subconsciously, when they would say that's right versus yes, you know, he was getting more donations. Yep. Right? Um, yep. I guess, I guess the story is, you know, they'd have that classic script where they'd be like, hey, you care about the environment, right? Yeah, well, oh, yes? You said yes? Okay, cool. Well, you should donate to this thing, right? And donations were always lackluster and poor. And he got them to, to a script where they would say, uh, essentially... I'm forgetting exact. Maybe, maybe you can, maybe you can piggyback for me. But he would get them to say that's right. Yep. And the pocketbooks just opened up. And no, you hit around now. And the crazy thing is, and this is how twisted the like the world we live in today is. So the guy that was running this whole campaign or political campaign only only could let a few people do this. Because people are like his team are so used to the yes, right? Like getting mm-hmm. them to say yes, getting them to say yes, and it was like, well, we can't not get them to say yes, you know. And it was it was such conflict that he didn't roll like they didn't roll this out to like a bigger group to try because of that whole you know tweak like tweaking or tweaking of the of just the wordplay, right? Like, rather hear yes than no or that's right, right? I'd rather hear yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that that was very interesting. Um, but um, he, at the end, he talks about a way you can get that of that's right is to do a summary and a paraphrase, like repeating what they said to you back to them. And once you get a that's right, then they feel like you understand their situation or their position. And they're more likely to work with you. Kind of back to that empathy. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Um, <clears throat> chapter six, bend their reality. Bend their reality. Um, couple of points here. Look for unspoken truths. Uh, man, that's, that's powerful. The, the, how should we say this? Look for the unspoken truths, like things that are said, but not said. Well, <laughs> I, I think about, I thought about real estate again and, you know, like look, the phrase, this is where he kind of gets into the title. I thought was like, oh well, yeah, like never split the difference. Right. But it's always like, well, let's meet in the middle. Right. And that's actually worse it's worse exactly it's not you're never gonna get two people to be happy then you're gonna get two two people that are not happy usually i think he talked he talks about the brown and the black shoe Mm. you comp you compromise you have two different pairs (laughs) you're in a brown shoe and a black shoe because you compromised um and then he said 
no deal is better than a bad deal. Yep. You know, so use odd numbers. You bro, the the whole odd numbers was crazy. Basically gave he gave a couple examples of um some of his students that you know they were ha- haggling over some numbers um and so the students would basically give a final offer but in a way of breaking it down and ending on a odd an odd number so that made it look like there was no room to negotiate further and their offers were, were like accepted every time it's just stats at that point crazy it's just you're playing, you're just playing on the human mind. Yep. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. This, this, like, this book is just jam packed. Yeah. We, oh, we're, it, we're like halfway through it, and you know we we keep rambling on. That's why I'm like, man, I need to listen to this book once yeah. a year. Um, t- in the same chapter, he t- talks about deadlines. Mm, man. Oh, deadlines don't matter, man. Don't matter. Ninety nine percent of the time. It's in our head. It's all in our head. Um, we talked it, about deadlines. It's a tool for them. Yep. Really. De- deadlines are. Yep. Deadlines are flexible, and consequences never as bad as we think. Um, he also says, "You can you like you tell your deadline, so that people move a lot quicker, as right. well." Right. So use it as a tool. Yep. Use it as a tool. Um, then he talks about fair. Uh, no such thing as fair. Yep. Fair, fair sets up an emotional response. Caleb, I don't think you were fair to me earlier. That's not fair, Cooper. <laughs> That's not fair for you to say that, Caleb. He's, well, uh, dang it. <laughs> but yes, fair is use it. Use that word wisely. Yep, use it wisely. And again, he talks about how that usually sets an emotional response. And, you know, this whole book talks about negotiating. You have to be out of that state, of the emotional state. Um, uh, I, I hate to say this because I, I feel like we're, we're, we're kind of, compro- like, what's the word? Um, we're kind of what's the word contradicting right but in the same light i'm just gonna say use it wisely use the word wisely that's all i'm gonna say mm-hmm. um um yeah bro let's let's go with chapter seven we could chapter six was jam-packed yeah keep like, it rocking keep it rocking yeah yeah um chapter seven we talked about this a little bit create the illusion of control um talks about um asking calibrated questions um you know controlling your emotions again again this was a common thing through the whole book uh talked about biting your tongue biting your tongue um because you have to remember when you're negotiating people are going to say things to trigger you as well and you have to be able to bite your tongue sometimes and just remember what the goal is um, at the end of the day. Um, and then lower emotion. Um, again, the whole create the illusion of control 
we kind of touched touched on it a little bit earlier, but creating that illusion that the other party's in control. Well, right? notice notice like he'd say these things, but he'd always go back to mirroring and labeling too. Yeah, mirroring yeah. always, it's always, always, mirroring and labeling. Um, so yeah, create the illusion of control. I low key have started doing this on cash in a little bit. <laughs> well, you have to put that, that's the thing with this stuff is you have to practice it. You got to practice it, right? So, like, he, uh, you know, he's terrible too, starting to start, you know. Um, so I've been trying to let him think he's in control of the situation, right? Like, but I know, like, hey, we, cash, we got to go, we got to do this. So I'll let him, like, why don't you take a couple steps that way? Like, let, let, you know, let's just go that way. You want to go that way? Like, I'll, you know, ask him those calibrated questions. <laughs> Uh, anyways, parent, parenting is a game. It's anyways, hundred percent. Um, chapter seven. Anything else? No, no. Let's keep rocking. Uh, chapter eight. Guarantee execution. Um, and again, once we like eight, nine, and ten. Um, I feel like he was just bringing it full circle with you know everything we've learned in the book so far. Um, you know, talks about using Cali calibrated questions um how how can i do that how can we pay that much for the hostage um yeah that's a we forgot to talk about that how would you propose i do that coop just put it right back and see what they say you know if anything right you're going to you're going to learn something exactly exactly uh give again giving the illusion of control and then talks about saying no without saying no <laughs> yeah without using those words like well how can i do that that, that doesn't seem possible how could i do that yeah let them uh, come up with a solution for you yep and he talks about different cues um in the wordplay like if you're dealing with someone that's always saying we can't, or they can't, us, them. That means you're dealing with the, the main person, the decision maker. Yeah, um, they're trying to defer it. That's exactly. like, dude, dude, I was thinking about myself so much at, during this part of the book. <laughs> like, oh, man, I do that all the time when I'm talking to my tenants. I'm uh-huh. actually the one in charge, but I... <laughs> <laughs> Oh um, man, that was so good. Um, and then he uh talk and then vice versa if you're dealing with someone that's usually saying I, me, um, you know, words like that, uh, then he it's probably not the person in control at the end of the day. Um but yeah, so yep, chapter nine, uh bargain hard. Bro. The, after the like the first like I think it was the first sentence or, or first couple of, of uh, paragraphs he somewhere in there he said not hearing no means you haven't been rejected and I was like okay that's the book I'm done uh, every chapter next week is thick every chapter is thick man he so he's talking we skipped, about we skipped the body language part oh dude there's so much in this book I mean there's so much we can't touch on everything I know. Yeah, but, but talks but, about yeah. I'm sorry. Yep. Yeah, no, he he talks about how 
again, when you're negotiating, as long as you're still negotiating and you haven't heard a firm no, that means you haven't been rejected and that potentially means that you're going to get your way if they haven't rejected you. And I'm listening to some, I think this was chapter he was going through dealing with the cars guy and he was going back and forth with this guy and not one time was no set. And I'm like, wow, that's crazy. Um, he talks about uh, great negotiators know their strengths and know, and they know how to add to them. Um, control, again, controlling emotions. Um, that was a big thing in this book was just controlling your emotions. Uh, and then he said something that I was like, hmm, I've never heard that. Enjoy conflict. He said, great deals get done when there's a healthy, uh, when there's healthy conflict. I would say embrace the silence. Embrace. <laughs> right. Yep. Yep. That, that's part of it too. Yep. And he talked, and then he starts, he talks about life and like, you know, conflict, people always want to avoid conflict, but that's usually when the best ideas or deals get done is when we work through that conflict. Right. And I was like, Hmm. He talked about life, marriage. Um, yeah, he broke that down pretty, pretty good. So that was a, that was a, probably a good, big key for me in the book. Um, talks about um, prepare to take a punch. Uh, not having your script memorized, but having like a like rules to follow. Yeah, right. That's what this have, book is all about: is don't be yeah. scripted, have rules. Have rules. Yep. Yep. Um. Oh, man, bro. Chapter 9 was a good chapter. He also said, when the pressure is on, you fall to your highest level of preparation. Mm. Mm. Right? I mean, if, you know, I, I, you hear it all the time. Like, oh, when the pressure's on, I'll, I'll find a way. I'll do it. And, I, like, I, this was just another reminder that you always got to be prepared because when the pressure is truly on, that's all you're going to have is how well have you prepared? Like, you're just not going to rise to the occasion. Um, yeah, I, I this book, it seems like the better prepared you are, you know, big things will happen. But then mm -hmm. always like, let's say you haven't prepared. Just keep mirroring. Just keep mirroring. Yeah. And that, and go with your instincts. Love it, love it, love it. Uh, chapter ten: Black Swans. Um, basically, is it's looking for the unknown unknowns, right? And this is this is this is like next level um, mind reading. Um, it's literally listening to. Knowing the individual, listening to what they've been saying, and trying to figure out what they haven't said. Um, and he talks about having people, <clears throat> you know, other people listen to what this person is saying, having other people looking at the picture. Um, and he was saying, if you can find the unknowns, that's a big that puts you more in control of the situation. Um, you know, he talks about, th there was a guy, one of his students was 
working on a real estate deal, right? And um, working with the broker. And uh, he, again, he has a rule that when, <clears throat> when his students or him go into any negotiating situation, I think it was they automatically assume there's three things that they are, know they have to find out. <clears throat> three unknowns that they have to uncover. Um, so yeah, this real estate um, investor is trying to buy some property. And again, he's just asking questions like this, asks enough questions about the market, what's going on. And to him, the, de the deal seemed to be too true. And again, asked a calibrated question to the realtor. If the market is so good, why is he selling this property at this price? And again, you get people talking sooner or later, information will slip. And I, I think the realtor says that the owner wants to sell so he can cover some of his other non-performing uh, assets. Uh -huh. Bingo. So now you have a motivated seller, but you never would have known that if you didn't ask calibrated questions and come into the situation knowing that there's something that you need to find out here. Um, and so I was like, Phew. so yeah, basically he got a crazy deal on it. Basically couldn't believe he got the deal. Right. And so, yeah. Um, so I thought that was powerful. And mm -hmm. then uh, two things he talks about walking a tightrope. And this, this was so powerful to me because he said that, if you talk about negotiating and then just in life, we all have the end goal in mind. We always have to keep the end goal in mind. But he said you always need to focus on the next step. Like instead of focusing so much on the end goal. And he was talking about tightrope that the goal of walking a tightrope is to get to the end. But if you're so focused on the end, you might miss a step and never get there. And so I was like, Coop, you need to make sure you make sure you watch your feet, bro. <laughs> yeah. No, I you're speaking truths. Man. So that was that was crazy. And then he also said, um, the situation is always the adversary, not the other person. Mm -hmm. mm. I'm I'm done, bro. Unless Take the you person out of it. No, I mean like everything you say, I just I agree, and then I go, yeah, but make sure you mirror, <laughs> mirror, right? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Thank you, Cooper. God, that was good. Uh, <laughs> like my instincts were like, oh, let me explain it. <laughs> yeah, that was a good book. This this is a good book, and as you guys can see, like me and Caleb have to consciously think what the other person is saying, just because we know. <laughs> this like what was you know said in this book you know and yeah so again whatever you do in life you're always gonna need, need to negotiate and this is definitely uh a book you should pick up so caleb you want on a, let, a great let episode man them. oh phenomenal episode what's our next book caleb oh uh, i can't remember what's the list i mean you're, uh -oh. you're, you're my details guy no, I am not details. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> Rel relentless. 
by Tim Grover. Oh, I've already read this book. It's really good. Man, am I ready for this book, bro? Um, you just, you just, you're a cleaner, Coop. Trust me. That's all I'm gonna say. I'm a cleaner. <laughs> you're a cleaner. I I know you're a cleaner. I mean, that that's that's where it is. Okay. All right. All right. Um. Well, thanks, guys. Um. That's it for this episode. <laughs> um. Please rate, uh, subscribe, leave a review. Um. That's all I got, Caleb. You got anything? No. All right, man. See you next week, everybody. See you next week, Coop.